It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 288, entitled, I Can Create Buckets of Time. It was recorded on Monday, the 26th of February, 2024. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined today by my co-host, Michelle Frechette, and also by guests Mark Benzacane and Paul Halfpenny. It's a WordPress podcast, so, you know, we're going to talk about WordPress First up, we talk about the fact that in WordPress 6.5, we will have a new image option. We'll be able to upload AVIF images. We also talk about some of the other things which are coming. For example, the Block Bindings API, the Interactivity API, and the fact that you'll be able to manage your fonts all within WordPress. We talk about events, WordCamp Europe and WordCamp Asia, which is coming up next week. We also get into a conversation about accessibility on the Make and WordCamp websites, and Behinds has a few bits and pieces to say about that. We also get into, by coincidence, the fact that Mark has an update to MainWP, a big update to 6.5, a couple of nice new features coming there, and Paul is launching a new plugin called Personalized WP. So we have a look at that and Congratulations to Michelle Frechette for getting a new, improved role at Post Status. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP builds. Hey, 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 hello, hello, hello. Episode number 288, it says there, 288 ah. of this week in WordPress. I know. Uh, I was when I started the show. I was hoping I'd get to 289. So only one week left. Yeah. Um, what happens when you get to 289? Oh, I've no idea. But it's going to be good. 290. It's 290. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll go for 290. I've changed my mind. Um, that's where we're at. We're on to 288 of this week in WordPress. We were supposed to be joined by Jess Frick, but sadly, uh, Jess contacted me this morning to say that she uh, was not feeling all that well. And uh, as luck would have it, we've been able to swap one co-host for another. You see, Michelle, I got it in, right? Um, we've got, we're joined by Michelle Frechette, who stepped in literally at the 11th hour. I messaged her about an hour ago and said, are you free? And she said, yes, of course I am. So there she is, co-host Michelle Frechette. How are you doing? I am good, thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you. We're going to share something really cool about uh, Michelle's flat in a moment. Um, yeah. Well, not in a moment, probably towards the end. But let's give Michelle her proper bio. Uh, it's fulsome. It says, Michelle Frechette is the Director of Community Engagement for Stella WP at Liquid Web. In addition to her work at Stella WP, Michelle is also the podcast barista at WP Coffee Talk, co-founder of underrepresentedintech.com, creator of WP Career Pages, the president for the board of BigOrangeHeart.org, director of community relations and contributor at poststats.com, author, business coach, and frequent organizer, and speaker at WordPress events. She lives outside Rochester, New York, where she's an avid nature photographer. <laughs> You'll see that. Um, you can find out more about her um, her website, meetmichelle.online. 
So yes, Michelle, once again, thank you for joining us as our regular co-host. Appreciate it. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. We're also joined um, by two folk who've actually, by pure coincidence, got things that are kind of important and timely. So at some point later on during the uh, during the podcast, we will be sort of showing off bits and pieces that they've been working on. First of all, let's start with kind of there over there. It's Paul, Paul Halfpenny. How are you doing, Paul? Thank you, Michelle. That's very helpful. I'm very well, thank you. I'm trying to get used to these things, which I usually have headphones that go in oh, your little, ear, in ear job. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of. But I wanted to join in with you three because you're all. Like, <laughs> oh, you yeah. did. You cut the headphones. <laughs> out. Yeah, that's so it. Like, We're all doing the big headphones. I'll do the headphones, but it's yep. a bit weird. Like it's a bit. Uh, it's a bit echoey. Yes. Well, I can totally yeah. sympathise with that. My ears are not functioning as normal, and uh, right. just to give you some insight, this ear. Hang on. Yeah, this one's hearing. This one's hearing like about 2% or something. Functionally, I'm deaf, except this high-pitched version of you. So whenever you speak, I get normal Paul quietly in this one, and then I get like high-pitched uh, as if you're on helium. Yeah, exactly. Don't do that. That's really loud. I mean, not loud. That's really high-pitched. Anyway, there's Paul. Paul is the CTO of a WordPress agency uh, in the UK called Filter. And he's also the founder of the tool that we mentioned earlier, Personalize WP. We'll have a we'll have a little bit of a prod around that uh, a little bit later. But thank you for joining us, Paul. Fully appreciate it. And also, last but by no means least, down there is Mark Benzakine. I'm never remembering how to do your surname. Is it Kine or Keen or? It's benzocaine, like Kane. the medication. Okay, um, which I say every time. So. Like candy cane. I am I am a topical ointment, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think candy sounds a lot nicer, but yeah. you do you. It, it, you, do it you. does. It actually does, and I've never thought of that. And uh yeah, Mark I, I like candy cane. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so Mark Benzacane is um he's been involved in the WordPress community for well over 13 years. For 10 of those years, he was a member of the team which uh, made up ServerPress. He's now the marketing lead for Main WP, which has had a great big release coming up this week. I think Mark said it was tomorrow, so we'll get a bit of a sneak peek of a couple of the features coming into that. He's an easy-to-use, privacy-focused WordPress management. Sorry, it is, I apologize, a an easy-to-use, privacy-focused WordPress management das dashboard. As well as that, he's also involved in Site District, a collaborative managed WordPress host with a focus on performance and security. So I might also go. add that I am also easy to use. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's going to be our panel for today. Just a few bits of housekeeping. If you wish to join us, uh, that would be lovely. I mean, primarily this goes out as a podcast tomorrow at some point, but we do have a few people who drop in and share comments. If you want to do that, the best place to go uh, it's here. Why not copy and paste that URL into your browser of choice and then go and splurge it through a social media platform like Twitter or X or Facebook or whatever. It's wpbuilds.com forward slash live. You'll find us there at the moment. If you want to comment, you need to be logged into Google. Uh, you can use the box on the side and it's got YouTube comments. Alternatively, if you look in the, in the window playing the video itself, right in the top right hand corner is a little black box. It says live chat. And you can, you can implement that. You can use that and you don't need to be logged into anything. 
this is going away, actually. I don't know, Michelle, if you've got any insight into this, but um, the Facebook group functionality, uh, Facebook are going to strip out the API uh, to broadcast into a Facebook group as of, I think it's April the 1st. So we've either got to figure a workaround out or it'll just go away. Um, But if you are in the Facebook group right at the minute, we won't know who you are unless you click uh, a new tab and go to wave.video forward slash lives forward slash Facebook and then click the confirm button. And it allows them to uh, allows Facebook to tell us who you are, which is mm. nice. But yeah, go in a way. Na- I'll put your name in your in your comments so we know. If yeah, you can do that. yeah, that's a good way of doing it, isn't it? You can, if you want to be anonymous, you can. Oh, you know, kind of anonymous from Facebook. You can do it that way. Uh, thank you to Courtney who showed up. She says, "Mark, how do you not have glasses? Yeah, what the heck, Mark? Why haven't you got bad eyesight like the rest of us?" Um, <laughs> And the truth of the matter is I do have bad eyesight and, and, uh, about three years ago, my eyes went in the direction that, uh, of, uh, when I look at the computer with my glasses on, everything is blurry. So uh, everything is actually in very clear focus when I'm sitting at the computer. And the only time I need to wear glasses now is when I drive. Oh, okay. I got a new pair of glasses about three months ago under strict instructions that I should only ever wear them in front of the screen. But because I spend so much time in front of the screen, like so much time, I completely forget to take them off. So when I walk away, I'm supposed to, you know, do that. Um, and I've got the old man. I love that. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I thought to myself, there's no way. I'm going to be able to commit to that habit. If I just put them down somewhere and wander off, which is what I do, I'll never remember where they are. So that, that whole thing of taking them on, putting them off, taking them off yeah, yeah. will become even harder. But I never even, I never do that. I just oh. never take them off. See, so now my eyes have become dependent upon <laughs> If you're like me, you can't see no matter what. So yeah. like not having your glasses on is never an option. Yeah, I, you, just yeah, swap. No, yeah. I have, I have bifocals for real life and then I have computer glasses. What I really need is a pair of those old man glasses, which is like the half moon, you know, like a line. And then, and then that's, I just sort of, that's what these are. Oh, really? They, I would need trifocals for computer as okay. well. So, yeah. I. Well, and what I do is with my glasses, I put them up on my head, which they say every time I go to the, uh, the, the uh, optometrist, he says, that's the worst thing you can do for your glasses because it tweaks them out. And I'm always getting them adjusted. And they're like, get out of that habit and. I, I don't. I just put them up on my head and then get I yourself out there. the librarian chain like Nathan has, so that yeah, yes. on the internet. yeah, I'm all for <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the librarian. Yeah. Is that what they called the yeah. librarian chain? Yeah, I'll go. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I, sound I, have, I happen to be dating a person who doesn't want me to do anything that makes me look like an old man, and I think that <laughs> might that might include part of it. <laughs> I'm so given up on not looking like an old man. Uh, you know a- what? I feel like I've earned every wrinkle and every gray hair that I don't Same. have That's or it. whatever, yeah. you know, be, be I, I think I've earned it, but be uh, proud of your, but, your growing uh, years. Yeah, exactly, that's great. Exactly. Okay. So we're not here to, do, <laughs> to talk about eyes. We're apparently here to talk about WordPress. So let's quickly oh, yeah. crack on with that. We actually have eyeglasses.com. Yeah. <laughs> got a lot to cover. So we'll probably have to gloss over things fairly quickly today, or you know, if, or if we get stuck into one or two things, we'll have to miss a few bits and pieces out. But just a quick couple of things. This is our website, wpbuilds.com. If you want to be kept up to date with what we produce, just put your email uh, into that little box and click subscribe, and we'll let you know what's going on. I'd like to draw attention to GoDaddy Pro, 
who have been a sponsor of ours for a long, 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 long time. And, uh, you know, they keep the lights on over here. So great thanks to them for doing that. Okie dokie. Right. So this is dead cool. I, I love this. Um, WordPress 6.5 is just around the corner. Actually, we've got loads and loads of different articles which cover different aspects of this, but we'll cover this one off first. Um, if you don't know, there's uh, an image format called AVIF. I, I actually can't remember what the acronym stands for, if indeed it is an acronym, but it's, um, it offers significantly smaller file sizes than, let's say, JPEG, for example. Now, there's other rivals like WebP, which are, I think, probably in a in a bit of a, a race for um, performance equanimity with things like Avis, but my understanding is that Avis at the minute is kind of one of the one of the leading ways to to cut the amount of um, data that you're sending across the wire. It's obviously going to increase the amount of images that you can store on a hard disk and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but until now, it hasn't been possible to use that in WordPress natively. But Adam Silverstein, who is on the performance team, he's a Googler. Um, he's here to tell us on the mate.wordpress core blog that it's coming to WordPress in just a few weeks time, up to 50% smaller file sizes. Um, and you will be able to upload them in the way that you upload absolutely anything else directly into your media library. There's a few bits and pieces around this. Uh, so for example, your host, uh, needs to support this. Uh, you can check that by going to the WP admin area. And if you go to the tools section and then site health, you might be able to find that in the dashboard actually, uh, and click on the info tab and then media handling. So there's quite a little bit in there, but it's, you know, 30 seconds of clicking about. You'll be able to see if AVIF is supported. This article, which I'll link to in the show notes, um, will and it tell you how you can compress those with a little fun uh, little thing that you can put in your functions.php file. Um, and how to convert things from JPEG, say, over to AVIF. Um, and also, uh, it's not natively supported, um, across your entire multi-site network. There are, there are things to be done there. Anyway, I thought that was cool. I confess I've never, ever, ever created an AVIF image in my life, but I know that most editing software, Photoshop and what have you have been able to do this for the longest period of time. So there, I'm throwing that out of you. What do you make of that 6.5? Nice new feature. I'm old school. I, I get confused by images, like responsive images and art-directed images and images that load in and different file types. I wish we just had JPEGs, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why can't they just make JPEG better and yeah. call it JPEG again? Yeah, J like, JPEG yeah. more, yeah. JPEG less. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's great. Uh, the, the biggest performance problems we see on websites are always the size of the images where people are uploading big images and they're not being optimized properly. Anything that we can do to reduce image sizes is a win for me. Totally. Totally right. Yeah. Uh, Mark? Michelle, anything I to that? I, I totally agree. I was uh, I, I actually uh, only knew of Avif uh, as a drop-down option when I am saving from Photoshop. I didn't really know what it was uh, until I read this article. But I'm I so I'm I guess I'm a little old school too. But I, I definitely feel like anything we can do to optimize uh, our image format so that they load faster and pages load faster. Uh, What's to complain about there? I, I'm not sure. You know, other than I feel bad for these people who have like hundreds of thousands of images on their site and and uh, trying to compete uh, somehow or another with performance uh, and, and have to go back and and redo their images or anything like that. But 
Um, but I think it's totally, totally beneficial to everyone. So why not? Yeah, I, I'm imagining at some point somebody will come along with a tool which will be able to bulk right. uh, convert all of the JPEGs. But a 50% saving is not really to be sniffed at. I have a bit of a bottleneck, actually, in my workflow in that I use a third-party tool, and it's, it's really not typical, but I use a third-party tool which takes the audio from my podcast RSS feed and it converts it into a video uh, so that it can be automatically posted to YouTube. So, that's, so there's this strange auto-blogging thing, and it's a third-party SaaS service. And they don't allow uh, AVIF. That's that's just a blocker. Mm. It fails at that point. So for me at the moment, I'm kind of stuck with JPEG because I there's so much utility in that workflow that I'm going to keep it. But if that wasn't part of my workflow, I think I'd be using WebP and uh, an AVIF all the time. Because I mean, fifty percent it's not to be sniffed at, is it? And really, in the in the era where we're more and more concerned about what we're doing to the environment. I don't really think if you can get away with it, you should be using something else. It's just, you know, quicker load times, less storage and so on. So anyway, yeah, Michelle, what you going to say? Yeah, just as a photographer, as long as the image quality isn't right. um, affected, yeah. then that's that's my biggest thing. Because- well, actually, funnily enough, inside this article, because that's what I thought, because I just yeah. bought a camera. M- Michelle and I have had various fo- uh, conversations about cameras. She actually was a great help for me finding a camera. My camera is, you know, it's brand new, but it doesn't it doesn't shoot in anything other than JPEG. That, I mean, maybe it, oh, it does, does if I explored a bit further, to be honest. But yeah, the yeah. default is yeah. is that. Bring it to Asia. I'll show you how to do. Oh, it. great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's great news. But the default is JPEG. But 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 in this article, just where is it? It's sort of about here-ish. It says AVIF form. Uh, da, 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 is this the right bit? Yes. Yeah. AVIF images also support a wide range of, uh, including HDR colors and produce sharper images than JPEGs, especially in areas with high detail. So maybe there's something in the spec that, you know, rather than the JPEG doing its compression, maybe the AVIF is able to say, this bit looks complicated. Let's really make the data in that little portion of the image. Lots and lots there, but this is a blue sky. It's mainly blue, you know, forget about that. I don't know. I don't know the technical details, but um, it seems like I'm going to have to throw my nice new camera away. (laughs) No, I, I don't think so. But I actually think I'm, inter- I mean, I'm interested in learning more, right? So like, obviously, everybody's not going to have brand new cameras just to, to support this. So there's got to be a way that it's working with whatever. Yeah. Images we have, so yeah, just shoot everything in raw. And then you're good from there. Yes, yes, so yes. Yeah, use up massive. It, it, it doesn't matter if every photo is 8000 megabytes. <laughs> that's you know, right. Big. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you joke, but shooting in RAW is the right yeah. way to do it. And yeah, well, no, anything, yeah, I so, agree. Yeah. yeah, just just get huge memory cards and and offload regularly, and you're good. Yeah, that is um, that just is a the couple, trick. couple of things to say is that my um, my capacity to see the comments coming in uh, is not keeping up with what's actually coming in. The platform seems to be consuming a proportion of the comments. So, as an example, Pete Chinery, hi there. Uh, you made a comment. I can see it on YouTube, but I can't see it in the platform, so I can't raise it oh, on the um, on the show. So I don't know why. Just a subset of comments have come through. I've got three in the platform, and there's about I don't know, there's maybe twelve or something uh, in reality. So apologies if some of them don't come through. I'm I'm sorry about that, but I'll, I'll try to read them out. But Peter did say uh, your cat was kind of photo bombing you there, Michelle. I don't know if you saw yes, your cat went and stood I on did. the table and <laughs> stared right at us all. 
for a little while. Just she wanted her moment in the yeah, spotlight. She, she wanted her moment. Um, uh, Andrew Palmer again. I can't put it on the screen, but I can see that you've commented. He says, "Is it compatible with Safari?" I don't know, but I do know that there are um, there are articles out there all all over the place which will enable us to um, to tell whether that's true. I w- I, I'm going to. I thought it said that it's compatible with all the major browsers. Yeah, so I would imagine maybe you're Safari. right. Um, I think is lower down, but I can't remember exactly. Where. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The truth is, Andrew, off the top of my head, I don't know, uh, but I have a feeling that it's been around for such a long time. I'm going to put my uh, finger in the air and say yes. Um, da, 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 da. And then James Kemp, again, sorry, I can't put it on the screen, but it's uh, he made a comment. It says, I may have missed this, but aren't there WP tools and plugins which auto-convert AV um, to web, sorry, things like JPEGs to AVIF and WebP? Yeah, there are, aren't there? There's lots of plugins. I think most of them are commercial, like the Short Pixel, and there's a whole bunch of other plugins. Um, and also, who was it? Pascal Birchler, who's also a Googler, he recently released a plugin on GitHub where if you drag, let's say, I don't know, a JPEG into the block editor, if you just chuck it into a block, it'll convert it on the fly. Um, and stick it into your media library or in the block itself. So it looks like, and he's a he's part of the performance team as well with Adam, who wrote that article. So I, I think a lot of that work is is coming uh, down the pipe. James also says he shoots RAW and JPEG. Uh, Fuji JPEGs are super nice. And Courtney replies with Jetpack Site Accelerator does convert to WebP. Uh, I wish that it could be converted to Core though. Yeah, uh, Courtney, uh, Pascal Birchler is hoping at some point, maybe 6.6 or something, to have his code uh, ported into core, but we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Anyway, exciting stuff. Uh, lots and lots of and, nice things. And uh, Peter Ingersoll did report on the weather, just so you know. Oh, did he? Oh, Peter, I'm so sorry. He always <laughs> reports on the weather. Let me, let me try and find it. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah, there you go. Thanks, Peter. He says it's 20. 36 degrees Fahrenheit, 2 degrees centigrade. That's about what it is here at the moment. Anyway, nice to see you all. Thank you. Keep the comments coming, uh, but I may have to just sort of read them out. I apologize about that. Uh, and thankfully, in our live, like, private chat that the four of us together can have, uh, which we can't actually show on the screen, uh, Paul has given us caniuse.com. Um, what is that, Paul? Is that like just like an online service which tells you what you can do with images and what? Yeah, well, basically, it tells you what browser support there is, so you can okay. just just oh. type in an item. So if you do, can I use AVIF? It will show you all the browsers like Chrome, Edge, Safari, and what versions it's supported. So oh, that's neat! Look at that. Yeah, so there we go. Can I use dot com forward slash query search equals and then AVIF? Where are we? Where are we? So what was the question? It was about. Safari. Safari. Yeah. So 16.4, it looks like it's fully supported. Okay. Red is yeah. not supported. The the orange one is partially supported and there'll be some known issues. Okay. So the further down the column we go, the more up to date we get. Yeah, so yeah, basically, yeah. if it's green at the bottom, it's supported. Uh, then we're good. Oh, it looks like, I mean, I've, nobody's using Opera anymore, especially after the recent news that they had about all the odd stuff oh, that they were doing it's that support supported at internet explorer who would have thought <laughs> <laughs> the internet is not supported on internet explorer uh and then there's a peculiar browser i've never heard of called qq browser 
And then the Kai OS browser, I think that ships on Nokia phones. Um, but basically, you're good to go, uh, it looks like, with Avif. That's a good find. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Okay, so there you go. You can start using this fabulous new image format. Um, Andrew Palmer said, I had a site yesterday which wouldn't display images on Safari and on, and on an iPad. Turned off WebP. Mm. And boom, it worked perfectly. Well, I'm going to have to look now, aren't I? I'm going to have to type in WebP here and see what we get. Uh, right. WebP. See what we get. Well, apparently, according to this, WebP has been, uh, been possible since version 16 or, you know, came in in 15.6 or something. But yeah. who knows, Andrew? Sorry about that. Um, okay. That's that. So that was Adam Silverstein. So, so, so kind of related to that. Um, this is Adam again. He's been, <laughs> he's been really busy this week. He's been performing. Busy guy. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's ever so good at doing things quickly because uh, he's on the performance team. Uh, he's got an article in called Introducing the WordPress Core Tracks Sustainability uh, Focus. And I'll just read. He says, for this post, the emphasis is on sustainable or green coding, which focuses on minimizing the environmental impact of software development and execution. It encompasses practice like... Uh, optimizing algorithms and data structures to use fewer resources. So I guess you could include what we've just talked about as part of that, although that's not an algorithm. Uh, reusing resources with caching. And um, and really, I'm just giving you the fact that this is a little project which is ongoing now. There's a few related articles. It's on the make.wordpress.core blog, and I will include it into the show notes. It's just related to what we were just talking about. So there's a track ticket and there's a, um, there's a community that you can get involved in called sustainability. Like I said, all of the links in the show notes tomorrow. Okay. Right. WordPress 6.5 is just around the corner. You can go to the official wordpress.org website and get a very, very short version of what's coming. Or if you fancy it, you can go to Ronnie Shani who has written an article on WP Tavern. Ronnie, as we'll find out in a moment, is one of the seven people who are um, competing, I guess is the right word. Uh, they're, they're over on the WP Tavern. There's uh, a few of them, and they're all competing, but we'll find out about that in a moment. But he's going to tell us in more detail what's going on. Um, the results of the 2023 survey have revealed that, um, well, Actually, I'll come to that later because there's something about that. But we've just been talking about performance and accessibility. 6.5 contains 110 performance-related updates. And you can see a little chart. If you're watching this, you can see a table which gives us some info. I don't really understand what this first one is. Can anybody give me an insight? How how can you measure typing? Because that's what's written there. Because I don't I don't understand that. What does that mean? Is it how the um, the time between pressing the key and it rendering on the screen is that what do you think that's what it is is yeah because definitely if you've got a block intensive page mm -hmm. or you've got a block intensive page which has been open for like three days and you come back to it and you type definitely things are not quite as performant as they were okay so let's assume that what paul said is true uh, in version 6.4 it took 60 milliseconds to register uh, the keystroke now it's down to 15 milliseconds I mean, God knows with my one finger granddad typing, I'm totally okay. You might not notice a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not noticing any difference. 
Um, this surprises me. I mean, I just can't even imagine that the first number is true, but it says first block load in version 6.4. Am I reading that right? Like, what possible thing can that say apart from 20 seconds? How? how I mean, I've never, ever loaded a page where anything's taken 20 seconds to load, so I don't quite understand what that is, but now it's down to 8.4. <laughs> so if it was 20 seconds... Uh, patterns, this I can understand. So if you pick a pattern, you, you know, and you say, I want to select that pattern, it takes a moment for it to come in and register all the different blocks and what have you. That's, uh, they shaved off half a second. So it'd be 1.5 uh, seconds. And the site editor, first block load. Again, I can understand this because it's a bit of a slow process has gone down from seven seconds to 4.6 seconds. It's all going in the right direction, I guess. There's not much more to say to that. Um, but there are also 65 accessibility improvements, including fixes to contrast settings, cursor focus, submenus, positioning of elements, and yes. more. The block bindings API uh, is around the corner. Now, I, I confess, not being a developer, I'm not really that sure why this is cool. I'm trying to get excited about it, but I don't really know why to get excited about it. So I'm hoping that one of you three fine people can tell me why the block bindings API is a cool thing. Do any of you know? Because they say it's cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> somebody said it. God, and I should have I should have grabbed that answer first. <laughs> um we have an article uh, about it which does explain it a little bit. But let, let me let me explain by reading. Uh, off this page. It's Mario Santos who described the goal of the new API. Uh, he said, this API aims to connect block attributes to values obtained from different sources. That might vary depending on the context. And so here we go. For example, a value like post author that changes depending on the current post. This will expand the capabilities of existing blocks. For example, having a heading block with the content of the post author without needing a new post author block. So it seems to me as if it's like an atomic way of like atomizing different features, which at the moment you might need a block for. So if you want to show what the block author's name is, you need the post author block, whereas it feels like now you'll be able to put that inside of any other block. So you could put it, I don't know, inside a heading block or something like that. Uh, you, some of you are nodding, so that makes me feel like I'm going in kind of the right direction there. Um, the API already powers the synced patterns and much-anticipated ability to connect custom fields to block attributes. Uh, the list of supported blocks is pretty short. Paragraphs, headings, images, and buttons. But anyway, there you go. Anybody want to comment on the block bindings API? It doesn't seem like we know much about it just yet, so I'll leave it open for a moment. And I'll no, I, th I think what you said is right, Nathan. I think you did very well to to uh, encapsulate that in in such a way. Actually. Yeah, it's about okay. extending the standard blocks and being able to add additional attributes to them. But again, it, it's quite hard to describe if you like at this point. I think you need some examples. Yeah. Okay. But okay. You get it. But the, um, it almost feels like sort of a something like custom fields you can sort of consume something from somewhere else and put it into something yes. which is already existing which traditionally you'd probably just have to type into so for example a heading i don't know you might be able to type this post was written by and then add some sort of piece of functionality where the post author just comes 
right out there and it's inside of a heading not a, a block itself yeah. um james lau uh is joining us in the comments thank you james i'm not able to raise all these on the screen i'm sorry about that and he says brian cords um has a video on the block bindings api with an acf example okay great thank you for that um and elliot richmond is here to save the day he says the block bindings api is a replacement for custom field data in classic theme development for new full site editing block theme development only available for paragraph image headings and buttons elements yeah i i feel maybe i got that adjacent to correct in that case so anyway it's coming in version 6.5 it feels like a a propeller head nerdy developery thing but probably if you fit that bill um you'll enjoy that however this is right up everybody's street also the font library yay um so we're all we're all very well used to having the media library upload an image and it just sits in the media library and it's completely separate from everything else so you can dump it in a post in a page whatever um uh, up until now you've had no capacity to do that with fonts fonts have been a bit of a challenge to work with in wordpress if you're not a developer not anymore now you've got the font library you go into the font library you upload or pick for example a google font and there it is it's just in its own little library and then you can invoke that uh, wherever you like so if you're a typography nerd peaches in the comments i know she loves a bit of uh, typography this is great so anybody want to comment on that i think sit, that's my favorite bit from a usability point of view i love that Did i can't wait to i can't wait to bring back comic sans and papyrus now <laughs> i mean honestly that's yes that's where i'm left. oh and i thought we were friends mark <laughs> 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 comic sans is I, I i mean i know it's ugly and all but it's very very utilitarian isn't it it's one of those it fonts is. that we love to hate but I, my understanding is that um, a lot of primary schools in the UK, maybe it's the same in primary is like your first, your first go at school. It's from the real young, like four or five up till, I don't know, 11 or something like that. Um, they use that on pretty much everything. When they type letters for the kids to read out or they're encouraging children to learn to read, they use mm -hmm. Comic Sans because it's so, so crystal clear Fun. and easy. Yeah. Sorry, Paul. Say again. Fun. What? Fun. 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 Oh, it's a fun font. Oh, okay. Honestly, I won't tell you what I thought you said. My hearing is a bit dodgy. And I, didn't, I definitely didn't hear the word fun. Uh, but yeah, but also it does things like it has the A, the lowercase A looks like the A that you're taught to write, not that peculiar A with the curve at the top and then the, you know, and the E has got a dead straight line with a little bit of a curve. Anyway, so I'm with you, Mark. Let's make the world comic sans. <laughs> Bring it back. It has the word comic in it. How bad can it yeah. be? It should be I the mean, default. <laughs> I love to hate on it, but it is easy to read. And as Picho points out, it, it is an accessible font. So. Oh, she's back. Uh, yeah, so she Peach's very happy about it by the looks of it. Uh, she says, uh, this is really great news. Yes, exactly. Thank you. I guess that was in reply to me saying she's a bit of a fan. Papyrus... Papyrus, that's a font, right? She says, what does FTW mean? I see that everywhere. For the what? win. Is that, is that what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, probably, you probably thought it meant something else. But... It really did. <laughs> um, <and> that's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Papyrus, she loves. Comic Sans was conceived an accessible typeface, which indeed it is. Oh, that's great. Okay. So thank you, Peachy. Keep the comments coming. Uh, so that's coming. You'll have this completely separate UI to store all of your fonts. 
And, uh, and it's pretty straightforward. You know, you've got a library, you can pick things and then hopefully they'll surface all over the place within your WordPress website. And the interactivity API, which again is a bit of a nerdy, uh, nerdy thing, but this is coming down the pike as well. Uh, I think the interactivity API is a little bit easier for my, me to understand. It's the ability to do something on a page and then for something else to happen elsewhere, let's say on that page without you needing to have a page refresh. And the idea would be that the interactivity API would bring that functionality. Uh, so that it's the same for everybody. You don't have to build your own version of it. WooCommerce would be a good example. You click add to cart and your cart icon gets updated with the number one next to it to indicate something's happening. Or in the case that you can see on the screen, uh, you click the little heart icon next to the movie to say, I like this and it stores it somewhere. You know, uh, okay, Nathan likes this particular film or what have you. Puss in Boots. It's an absolute favorite of mine. Uh, <laughs> And I would like that every single day of the week. But that's it. So there's an awful lot coming. Favorites there are the ability for me to no longer type with one finger, the uh, the interactivity API, and the font library. Uh, do you want to say anything else about 6.5 U3 before I press on? Nope, I'm good. I'll take that as a no. Uh, Peaches says for the win. Yeah, of course it's for the win. I knew that. <laughs> You knew that. I knew that. Uh, no, there's so many acronyms that my kids use that I, I'm like, oh, I don't even know. Do you get that? Do you get that in life where you're sufficiently old now that kids use words, not just acronyms, but words in context? And you think, I don't even know what that means. I'm guessing that means it's really good, but I'm not entirely sure. And I just sort of nod. Mm -hmm. I yeah. Google it every time. I'll oh, Google it every time because there is no way, there is no way. My kids already call me old. There's no way I'm going to validate that that I'm old. With them. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I remember doing it to my parents and thinking, no, this is so self-evident what this word means. Yeah. And of course, yeah. yeah, they didn't know. Okay, that's WordPress 6.5. We've got um, we've got a little bit more information. We were talking about how the block bindings API was a little bit of a mystery, um, and that's because I'm not clever like Justin Tadlock is clever. Um, because here is a piece by Justin Tadlock explaining, um, it's an introductory piece. He's called it part one, and he's going to be creating a, 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 an ever more complicated series of blog posts about how you can use the, the in, sorry, I keep saying interactivity API, the block bindings API. And in this case, he's put together an article. It's, it's, you know, it's in the weeds. There's lots of code here and what have you, but I will link to that in the show notes and it will give you a bit of a 101 on the block bindings API and how all of that works. Uh, and then there's another one on the tab and we won't get into it because we've covered it, but on the 19th of February, uh, James Giroux wrote all about the interactivity API and how it's coming into WordPress. And this kind of chart just sums it up perfectly. Uh, over here is how it is at the moment. Everything in gray is developer responsibility. In other words, the developer has to do the heavy lifting. You can see that where we are at the moment, the developer has to do everything. And in the new version with the interactivity API, most of it will be handled uh, either by WordPress or partly handled by WordPress. So the idea there is to have a standard that we can all, all hook into. Um, and there's more there. I'll link all, all of these bits and pieces, but there's absolutely loads this week all about the different things that you can do. And this is a nice little Twitter thread. This comes from Nick Diego. 
where he explains how he's using the interactivity API to build a, a custom mega menu. And again, I'll link to all of this in the show notes. Okie dokie. Uh, anybody going to WordCamp Europe this year? Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. Mark, sure. I, I am unsure at this point, but uh, I would like to. I yeah. absolutely would love to. Well, it's in Torino. Uh, it's on the 13th to the 15th of June. So, you know, the way my life goes, that's like tomorrow. <laughs> um, and but the tickets are on after Asia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Asia first. That really is tomorrow. That was yesterday almost. Um, the the tickets are on sale. If you want to buy a ticket, there's two options available. You've got a general ticket, which is, you know, 50 euros. Um, or you can go for a micro sponsor ticket if you feel like um, digging a little bit deeper and helping the event out. But um, it looks like at the moment in the, this round, there are 460 odd tickets left. My understanding is it's the biggest event uh, in the WordPress community. It typically tops out somewhere in the region of about 3,000. So I don't think you're in any, uh, any great rush, but it, it often does sell out. So head to europe.wordcamp.org. Uh, if you want to be involved, you said you've already bought yours, Mark. Are you going to be going as a, um, as just a, a, a person like me, just, you know, hanging out and attending sessions, or do you intend to go with your team like you did last time? Are you asking me? No, I meant to say, Paul, <laughs> did I, I say, did I said, say Mark? Said Mark I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, You've got to, I'm, I'm going to blame this on me not feeling very well. Anything that goes wrong today is is my fault, and it's entirely my own fault, and I yeah. probably need to drink more water. <laughs> so that one's directed oh, at Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we've bought a bunch of tickets already, and I've got flights books already, which is quite exciting. Good uh, grief. Well, you know, you don't it. Although, like, I'm flight times from... this week. Yeah, flight times from London aren't great. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll be taking... We'll be taking a team again. What's um, your What's your point? Like when you do these kind of events and you take your team. So obviously for me, I have a very, I, I like to attend the sessions team. and more recently <laughs> I've been going with doing interviews and stuff, but taking a team, my understanding is, uh, again, directed at Paul, it's not really an ROI thing. You're not really going to, you know, categorically write down on a spreadsheet, well, we invested $20,000 and we've got $58,000 back out of it. It's not that kind of thing, maybe. No, it's really hard to, to work out whether it's an investment. I think for us, it was about, there was a couple of things. Firstly, soaking up the atmosphere because WordCamp EU is massive, right? And it was really busy last year and it was great. And I wanted everybody just to feel that atmosphere and feel what it was like and go around and talk to people. And it was great for team building and team bonding within the team as well. So we went to a few parties. We managed to bag a hotel with a, a bar on top. And we went there every single night and spent a lot of expenses, um, <laughs> making sure that we had a really good time. Um, and yeah, it was just, just the opportunity to, to give people insight, to give people that ability just to, just to take part really. Mm. Um, so for us, it was, it was about, it was about the feels, the feeling rather than, you know, anything specific. It was like, go and talk to people, go and listen, go and make friends, go and do what you want to do. Just make sure you enjoy yourself. No, nice. I think everybody did, right? Yeah. So. And, and if you don't mind my interjecting, back when uh, we were doing server press and we were sponsoring a lot of camps um, and, and went to Europe and all that, it was really about the, for, 
uh, for me, I wouldn't have any of the contacts <clears throat> today that I have if it wasn't yeah. for those events. And it is, it's an intangible investment. It, yeah. it, there is no way that I could be where I am within the WordPress community if it wasn't for going to those events and sponsoring and being at those events and interacting and don't under uh, don't underestimate the value of the hallway track as they say. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that I did want to point out back when you brought up Asia is I wish someone would do an article, <laughs> especially for these bigger camps like um, like WordPress Europe, uh, WordCamp Europe, and, and WordCamp Asia and, and WordCamp US. Someone needs to do an article not just on what to do in those areas. But for people that are new to these larger word camps, if this is their first word camp, how to handle those word camps, because they are not okay. like your average 300 person word camp. So they, like I could write that on post status this week. Is that what you're saying? You could. Uh, That's what I'm saying, Michelle. If someone, I found I'm not mentioning somebody. any names, Michelle, but if someone could write an article about, look, this may be your first word camp understand that it is not like any other word camp you're going to experience in your life and understand that you're going to get overwhelmed with the fact that there are 2,500 people wandering around basically looking for that person that they saw six months ago. And, you know, and, and you're not going to see everybody you want to see, but here's how to handle it. And here's what to expect. And, and here, if you're investing in, in, sponsoring here's kind of what to expect as a sponsor here's what to expect as an attendee kind of like i i used to do i did a, a presentation at smaller WordCamps called what to do uh at WordCamp if you're a total noob was kind of i think that was the title of it and it was basically like a top 10 breakdown of how to handle a word camp if you're like a complete stranger and you don't know anybody and i think that um i was shocked last year when i went to athens um, at how many people had never been to WordCamp before, and that was their first WordCamp. And I'm like, that's like taking on Ganon as the first thing in in Zelda, right? Like your first thing is you get the wooden sword, and here you are. There's you know you're a boss level, right? And and I know I have no idea, idea what, what that means. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, gaming. It's the gaming world. Let's just say, let's just say Ganon is the big boss in Zelda. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey. And everybody knows who Zelda is. So, you know, it, it's kind of like that. It's it's like you're at boss level when you go to these camps. And so if there's some sort of like breakdown of how to handle that, I think that that would be a fantastic article, which I know that I will never write. But um, so I think Michelle, Michelle's on it. Please. I think Michelle's on it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, I'll see if I can fit it in this week. <laughs> well, there's something adjacent to that, actually. Uh, a couple of things about WordCamp Asia. So anyway. WordCamp Europe tickets are now on sale, 50 euros, um, bit of a bargain, really. There's no way that even pays for your food, uh, probably. Yeah. So it's very much underwritten, but a, a kind of similar, um, this is a, a guide, a locals guide to, uh, Taipei. So if you are going to WordCamp Europe, this is an XWP article and it just goes through a few bits and pieces, like, like the stuff to do when you're not being a word camper. So, uh, things that you can do in Taipei and then it just breaks out a few uh, places to go, you know, some probably if you're a, a person living in Taiwan, these are all the places you take your friends and family if they're visiting, um, like kind of food to eat, that kind of thing, um, places to go, hot springs, for example, all sounds very nice, um, gondola ride that you can do to take in the city and so on. Uh, anyway, so I just thought that was quite nice. So thank you. 
to Exton. Mm-hmm. And they did include accessibility information on some of those. Did they? Like the, like the gondola says there's accessibility information. Yeah. Not all okay. of them have it, but yeah, nope. I love that. Okay, so that's really nice. But also, like this, I, I, I don't know what to make of this, right? I, do, I genuinely don't know what to make of this. What Tim Ferriss um, is going to be speaking at WordCamp Asia. Now, I don't know if you know of Tim Ferriss. I, I don't really know a lot about him. But I know that on the internet, isn't he like like super, super duper famous, like big, successful author, has been involved in absolutely loads of um, uh, loads of famous companies, you know, investing in all sorts. So I think there were a few listed here. So, for example, he's been an investor and an, and an advisor to Uber, uh, Facebook, Shopify, Duolingo, Alibaba, and then it says 50 others. Uh, he's got one of the, the, the most listened to, uh, podcasts, which has been downloaded now. It says 900 million times. I mean, it's a few more than WP bills, Bills. just a few more, a little bit more, but what I, what I don't, so he's an invited speaker and is that a new thing? Is it new to be inviting speakers of like some no. notoriety like Tim, or is that a no. is that a normal thing? It is normal. It is not always successful, right? So you can invite people; they don't necessarily come. That kind of thing. But um, as somebody who's participated on the team for WordCamp US over the years, I will tell you that um, there's always a list of people that we're, we're to suggest lists of people that perhaps would we would like to have invited, and so. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I think the NASA speakers last year at WordCamp US, for example, were invited speakers from NASA. So, Right. Okay. So for context, it's not new. So that's something. But also uh, adding more context into it, uh, Peach has said, uh, sorry, t- uh, Andrew Palmer, I'll come to Peach in a minute. Andrew said, oh, let's see if these comments are actually coming through now. Maybe they are. Uh, no, sorry, Andrew. Some, you're- but Pe- not all. Yeah. yeah, some, but not all. Uh, Andrew says Tim uh, interviewed on his own podcast. He interviewed Matt, Matt Mullenweg. Um, and maybe during that conversation, it sounds like Matt invited Tim to come along. And so maybe that's how uh, all of that worked out. And then Peacher says she's curious about uh, what, what it'll do for the good of the community um, and about the costs. I, I don't know. Um, I would imagine that Tim could afford his own costs, but also, yeah, whether that's coming out of the the community pot. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I don't like, have an for, answer to that. No, for me, it's like great because, you know, anybody that's in the podcasting space who is successful, I'd love to listen to all that, but I, I, I do wonder uh, what the majority of people think, whether or not it makes, um, it makes sense. So anyway, there you go. I think uh, um, he, he's a very busy person given that he only works four hours a week. Yeah. He's he got an awful lot four hour that, work week. Four, in that yeah. four hours, right? It's only got it's I only have, got nine pages. Uh, <laughs> I haven't looked at the schedule yet. I just hope he's not speaking opposite me because I know that I will be speaking to an empty room if that's the case. Okay, I, do you know what? That's a really interesting thought. Let's let's find it. Let's find Tim. Let's I'm just search. Curious. For, let's do Ferris. Let's search for Ferris. Oh, he is. He's funny. It is. Gosh darn it. Oh, no. Well, Michelle. no, you're looking at it wrong, Michelle. No, no, Michelle, you're looking at it completely wrong. Look at it's taken all the pressure off of you now. Yeah. <laughs> There's you like no pressure. Oh, man. So, right. Tim is in a direct competition with uh, Wes 
and Michelle and wow. Perth. Um, all of those, the three other and speakers Jean happening at the and same time. That, the light, uh, whole, uh, yes, and it, we carry on. Jean, Adam Silverstein, Kimberly, uh, they're all in competition with Tim Ferriss. I, I, oh, I, my personal man. opinion is, oh, I'm so sorry to break that That's news to you. <laughs> that, couldn't have been, uh, that couldn't have been easy to swallow. The, um, it's fine. From my point of view, having somebody like him, yeah, it kind of, it's kind of interesting. Um, it may be that you've never heard of him, but it just so happens that because I am into podcasting, he genuinely has this gigantic following. Um, and so I was genuinely yeah. curious. So I think this is great. But I did, I did wonder a bit like Michelle, how it came to pass and what the, what the sort of ongoing benefit to the community is. But then if he has a, um, a podcast, maybe that podcast is something that he does inside of WordPress. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Do you not think it should be like some keynote or scheduling to make it before or after all the other stuff? Just if you, if you're going to like do that, you know, it feels, if it does feel a bit unfair. Now I know that Nathan's not even going to be in my session. Yeah. Dad, oh, oh. No, pressure, no, no, no pressure. Well, no, it's okay. I can send the flat two-dimensional head to the Tim Ferriss uh, show. And uh, uh, the good news is they're all recorded, and they and anybody that misses mine to go watch Tim Ferriss can can get it later. And I'll be watching Tim's on replay. So there you go. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know because t you know how like you're sitting around the dinner table and somebody talks about somebody famous as if you know who they are. And the, everybody around the table is like going, oh, yeah, yeah. And you're thinking, I have no idea who they're talking about. I, I think Tim Ferriss maybe fits under that umbrella. I would be highly surprised if, if even a majority of the audience at that event will have any interest in um, him. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I, that will I, I think he will have a full room. I'm predicting Nathan, that now. Yeah. Nathan, but honestly, it's, it's really it's fine. We need to teach you to sit at the table with your phone and to use Google. So when people are talking about these people, you can easily look them up. And, and You've not seen my phone. My phone is You did mention that before. Yeah, yeah, I've, got a, yeah. I've got a dumb phone and it's serving yeah. me very well for exactly reasons like that. That reason. I, and I'll just sit and say, tell me about them instead of, uh, instead of Googling it. But that's really interesting. Anyway, so Tim Ferriss, super famous internet guy, really... Mm -hmm an amazing talent i'm sure it'll be an interesting talk is now head to head with michelle frechette <laughs> so go michelle go michelle go on, go on. Go i'm michelle. just gonna say if you're listening to this episode right now choose wisely yeah because <laughs> you will continue to know me after <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think you need to say you will continue to see <laughs> michelle is the thing <laughs> no i mean honestly there's 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 enough audience to go around to, but it's all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Andrew Palmer makes a, an interesting point, and maybe this is part of the whole next-gen WordCamp thing. So I don't know, maybe like 18 months ago, something like that, this whole idea of uh, next-gen WordPress event so that it's not just a formula all the time. Maybe this is part of it, inviting these uh, you know big-name speakers and what have you. And Andrew Palmer says, uh, this is great. Um, it's about time a commercial speaker was seen at WordCamps. And in terms of ticket sales, you can imagine if somebody like that or, you know, somebody equally famous came along, maybe it would encourage people to um to buy tickets. So uh, Peter says she wishes she was going to WordCamp Asia. Michelle, I could <laughs> 
she'd come to your talk with bells on, <laughs> she says. Uh, Peter Ingersoll I... says, for a number of reasons, it's, he's not for everyone for sure. Michelle is an excellent alternative. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you want to be the alternative to somebody, like Tim Ferriss is okay to be the alternative. Yeah. To hey, anyway, so there we go. Ago, um, in 2016, I invited, uh, I was the organizer for WordCamp Milwaukee. I think it was 2016. And I invited Henry Winkler because we were doing a whole 50s <laughs> kind of theme. I actually invited Henry Winkler to come and speak. And he couldn't come, but his agent, contacted Henry Winkler and Henry sent us a bunch of books that he had written Aww. and that he signed to give away. So we, we use them as giveaways. So it's, I've it's, heard he's it, lovely. He, yeah. It was very, very cool of them to do that. So I'm uh, just, that's shout I'm, out that, to Henry. I'm sitting around my dinner table going Henry Winkler. Come on. I want to say the funds. Yes. 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 Is that it? Did I get, did yeah. I actually pull it's, out? The so much more, but yes. That's okay. That's yeah, I got that start, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And there's in Milwaukee because uh, Happy Days took place in okay. Milwaukee. Yeah. There's a thing called the Bronze Fawns, which is a statue of the fawns <laughs> right there by the river that everybody takes pictures with. And I decided it would be really cool to get him. And and his that's his awesome. agent said his agent at first said, "Oh, he's out of the country. Sorry, we would love to." And then the agent contacted me back about two hours later and said. I talked to Henry and he feels really bad that he can't make it. So he's sending you these books. And Aww. so I thought that was just really, really phenomenal. And I so. would have thought that over the years, Matt in particular, Matt Mullenweg, he must have met an awful lot of people mm -hmm. who have, you know, air quotes, clout. Um, and whether Matt was behind this engagement with Tim, I don't actually know. It sounds from what Andrew was saying that that could well be the case. But that does that, that could be a curious it could be a curious um thing, you know, Matt getting invited guests in just because of the unique position that he's got at the top table with lots of these businesses. And I I, I for one would be I'd be really open to that. Some just non WordPressy thing, but just from some leading light in the in the internet industry. I would be quite open to that. But but if it was somebody who was like in the same way that Matt's address is block booked, isn't it? There's only one track while Matt's talking because you know that any other track will be uh, will be pauperized because of it. Um, I do wonder if if this continues and what we see with Tim, maybe those those big name invites could occupy a track all of their own so that they didn't cannibalize the audience from elsewhere. Not that they will, Michelle. Not saying that. But, it's um, fine. It's all good. I, I know how to share. I think it's hysterical, though, that you said, let's just see. And then yeah. you are <laughs> literally at the same it's time. Okay. I yeah, mean, it's okay. I can, I can share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So there we go. There is uh, WordCamp uh, Europe and WordCamp Asia. A few bits and pieces there. I just wanted to draw attention to this. Uh, if, you, if, like me, you were a massive consumer of the WP Tavern under you're the. Not, you're not sharing. Ah, come in. There we go. There we go. Thank you. If you were a um, a massive consumer of the WP Tavern like I was back in the day when Jeff did it and also when Sarah Gooding and then Justin and then it went back to just being Sarah, I would read every word, absolutely every word. And so it's it, it going away um, for me was, was tough, actually. I, I really yeah. found that I was ending up on articles that didn't, I don't know, I was just in 
trying to find news in places that didn't quite have that same caliber. Well, it's back. The WP Tavern is in this process, which James Giroux, he's described it himself. It's a bit like um, metadata, this. James is describing what is the Hunger Games uh, of WP Tavern. Uh, Seven authors uh, have been invited to participate. I think there were quite a lot of people who applied. Seven people have been asked over a month-long period to write any article that they like. They've got all the permissions to, you know, write articles, um, delete articles of their own making, I guess, and approve comments and all of that kind of stuff. And they're in a bit of a battle. So seven is going to be whittled down to two. My understanding is that in this month-long window, they've each got a 14-day bit. So they can start when they like, but 14 days after they start, they can end. And they've got to go out there and essentially... What do they do in the Hunger Games? They sort of kill off the opposition, don't they? So, I don't know. What do you think of this? Is this kind of like a weird adversarial thing, or is this okay? I don't. You tell me. I love it. I think it's a great opportunity to see the writing, not only the writing styles, but what piques the interest of the different authors so that we, I mean, we're not voting, I don't think, but so that we kind of get an idea and whoever's making the decision, which I assume is Matt and maybe others, um, can see how they engage with the community information. So what's going on in the community? How is it being presented? Is it being presented hard hitting? Is it is it being presented softly? Like, how are we engaging? How is it engaging? How is that writer engaging with the material of the information that's coming about within the WordPress community and the ecosystem? It's kind of interesting. Uh, I was just mm-hmm. used to the article beginning, um, but obviously, you know, these different authors have got different ways of introducing it. So we can see on, mm-hmm. the, on the screen at the moment, uh, James has gone with a TLDR uh, like a little uh, call-out box at the beginning where he explains in one or two sentences what that article is about. And then, you know, there's a like a line break. Sarah, as far as I'm aware, and Justin didn't use those kind of things. And then he's, you know, he's crossed out things in the article. And, you know, each of them are using different, um, like, font sizes for the headings and things like that. So for the moment, it's all a little bit discombobulating. You know, you wouldn't mm-hmm. expect to go to a, a The Times or the Guardian, or what have you, and see a bunch of different fonts and a bunch of different heading sizes and all that. But for now, over on the tavern, that's what we've got. My understanding is that engagement is one of the metrics that are going to be potentially used. So if you do favor uh, one of the articles or one of the authors, um, I think you can give them a bit of a leg up by going and posting a comment, you know, interacting with them. I don't suppose for a moment that's the only metric. Uh, it's probably to do with the quality of the writing more than anything else. But um, interaction, I think, is a bit of a thing. So you do favor somebody. Um, and if we just go to the tavern, you can see at the moment we've got articles by Ronnie Sharney. Apologies, Ronnie, if I got your name wrong. By James Giroux, uh, Adam Silver, uh, Ronnie again, James again, Adam again. Uh, that seems to be it for now. So mm-hmm. a few of them have obviously decided that they're going to take their run at it now. But if that's four, then we've got three more to come um, at some point <clears throat> in the next. Well, week and, and um, I was just talking. I know that. Uh, um, hopefully, I won't say too much, but I know that Topher uh, Deroja is also one of them. And he was talking to me about what he's going to be doing, which is a, a different approach as well. So it's going to be, uh, 
it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. And I, you know, in a way, I kind of hope they all win, <laughs> but I know that that's not possible. Well, I mean, I mean, the, the, the rules from the outset have said they're going to whittle it down to two, but maybe, right. you know, um, maybe if three of them, oh, I don't know. I'm just, it's pure speculation, but yeah. in theory, it will be two of them. Of course, if, um, if you, you know, if you find yourself over on the tavern and you, you want to listen to something. Oh, look, there's me. Oh, no, there, yeah, yeah, there's, there's you and there's, there's me and there's me and there's me and there's, there's Well, I mean, you're all over it. <laughs> uh, but if you do fancy listening to the podcast, I've had a couple of weeks of being unwell, so I haven't posted for a couple of weeks, but hopefully I'll be back on the wagon uh, this week or you next know, week. Nathan, mm. on WP Coffee Talk, I encourage people to have a cup of coffee with me. How come you're not encouraging you know, mugs of beer? When people are at the tavern with you, it's not going to go well, is it? It's not a, a a podcast where you drink alcohol. I mean, on yeah. occasion, I've had bourbon and I've had a glass of wine with like with my, you know, guest. <laughs> anyway, no. story for another day. Yeah, I could go for a flagon of uh, I don't know, low low alcohol something or other. Anyway, there you go. so your beer. Yeah, that's the that's the article that I wanted to highlight. So, can I just encourage you if you um, if you care about uh, WordPress journalism and the WP Tavern as a source going forwards, then head over there over the, well, from now, essentially, and go and read the articles and give feedback in the comments and all of that kind of stuff. And hopefully, you know, you know your voice will be heard. Uh, Paul, anything to add to that before we crack on? I just wish it wasn't going to get whittled down to two. I wish there were yeah. more voices. I wish there was more articles, more news, because it's, it's, it feels like it, there's some quality there. And um, having diverse opinions and subjects that you might not think about from different people, I think that's really helpful. You know, I can understand why the, you know there's a budget and there's a limit and things like that. But the maybe I'd do it where you you paid full time for the subs, sub editors, and and people could submit articles, and then the, the subs took the direction. Actually, that's that's a really interesting point because like Matt. Goes. Yeah, Matt, when he posted that he was going to whittle it, you know, to onboard seven, take it down to two, mm. he did say that there would be an open and easy, I can't remember the words, open and easy to understand process if you wanted to submit your own articles. But I don't know if that involves, yeah. you know, uh, like finance or anything like that, or whether that's just submitting yeah. something because you're a, a good citizen. I was mostly anyway. excited by the fact there's loads of new stuff to read. Yeah. It's, you know. Yep. It's a yep. it's a site in my my list of things in my news tab in my browser. So, yeah, you know. yeah. It's been a it's been a regular source of what I do uh, over here. You know, you can guarantee more or less if it was on the tavern, I would probably include it. Mm -hmm. um, and because there's just so much going on on the tavern at the moment, I, I guess maybe there's a bit of me which is waiting for it to sort of cool down a little bit. Back to the sort of three or four articles a week at the minute. I feel it's more like eight or nine because they're all. They're all trying to get noticed. But anyway, good luck to all seven of you, the four that we know about and the three others coming up. So there you go. Uh, speaking of that, um, here's another one uh, from the Tavern. This is Adam Silver, one of his articles. And because everything went quiet over on the Tavern, uh, I didn't notice, to be honest, that there'd been a bunch of uh, WordPress acquisitions. So Adam Silver took it upon himself to just summarize the acquisitions that he'd known about feels like three or four years ago. There was honestly a period of about six months, six to eight months where we talked about nothing else. 
than acquisitions. There was just this train of one after another, after another, and some big names kind of went, you know, Yoast went and ACF went and all these other things went. Anyway, so to summarize, over the last period, last few months, Optin Monster on the 15th of February has acquired something called the Beacon Lead Magnet Creator. Uh, I honestly don't know what that is, whether it's a plugin or a SaaS app, but um, anyway, that has been acquired by Optin Monster. On the 28th of January, uh, Andrew Wilder at NerdPress acquired the ever so pithily titled Optimized Database After Deleting Revisions plugin. Plugin. Uh, I think I'm right to say plugin twice there. So that's now under their purview. And a little bit before that, 6th of December, same person, Andrew Wilder, acquired a social media sharing plugin called Grow Social from Mediavine. And then October 2023, so tail end of last year-ish, Jamie Madden um, sold his plugin, which was called Plugin License Server, and it was acquired by Acquire.com. So those four things went under my radar. It's calmed down a little bit, all this all this acquisition stuff, I feel, which I think is no bad thing. Anybody want to say anything about that? I think it's quieted down because they're, everyone's having to deal with the, the chaos of all the acquisitions and getting it all organized under one umbrella. But uh, that's just speculation. I, I'm actually not knee deep in any of that, but that would be my guess. Yeah. Yep. 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 Anyway, thank you, Adam, for sort of paraphrasing that. Okay, so now we're moving on to accessibility. This is just a hat tip to Amber Hines. Um, it was published on 30th of January, but because I took last week off, it never got mentioned. So uh, there was a, a webinar uh, that was created. It's called Building a Low-Code Accessible WooCommerce Website uh, with Amber Hines. The URL is too long for me to say, but you could either Google that or wait until the show notes come out tomorrow, um, and you can find out what that was all about. But also, I wanted to raise this one. This is a Twitter thread um, that Amber created, and I don't, I don't want this to become a um, more of a more of a storm in a teacup than it might do. But Amber's post goes like this, and I, I can't possibly go through them all because she really did create a fairly lengthy article out of a bunch of tweets. Um, she said five months ago, um, Alex Stein, and she uses his Twitter handle. Opened a track ticket suggesting that WordPress.org and WordCamp sites use Amber's Equalized Digital Accessibility Checker plugin. Um, and today we received, I'm quoting, today we received what sounds like a decision from, and then a bunch of Twitter handles, the people who made the decision. And it sounds like um, that has been declined. You know, that's not going to be used. Um, Amber then goes in a little bit further and says, well, hang on a minute. There's a whole bunch of things wrong with the WordPress properties. So that could be WordCamp or Word or, you know, WordPress.org properties and spent a little bit of time poking around on all the different websites. And according to Amber, found problems more or less on everything that, that was looked at. Um, and so then goes into, well, you know, why can't we use this? Matt Mullenweg jumped into the comments and said, would it be possible to use some sort of scanning software? So maybe a third-party SaaS tool or something like that. Amber's response was, yes, but you can't use that on things which aren't published, and it might be quite nice to use it on an unpublished article and what have you. Anyway, so there's this ongoing discussion. I don't have any intuitions as to 
where this will end up or what the state of play is, but I just wanted to raise that. I've not used Equalized Digital's accessibility checker plugin, so I don't really know, but I just wanted to raise it in case you wanted to drop into that Twitter feed and give give your two cents because we know Twitter is a good place for resolving <laughs> resolving all... All problems that exist. It's the calmest place on earth, isn't yeah. it? It's, 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 yeah. That's their mission, isn't it? Is to resolve things. First things, you need to click that follow button on Amber on the right-hand side of your screen because she drops do some need amazing knowledge. That. Yeah, yes, and, uh, and so, uh, yeah, for sure. But here's the thing about um, the the accessibility plug checker plugin that X- Equalize Digital has. It's phenomenal. So I use it. Um, I. It's very easy to understand what it's giving and how you should be addressing your website to make those changes for accessibility. But aside from that, everything Amber raises within WordPress about accessibility is always to make the experience of any user, whether they are a builder on the dashboard side of things or a visitor on the on the public side of your website better. And we all can appreciate the outcomes of accessibility, even if you don't have accessibility needs. So whenever she speaks, I listen. I'll just leave um, it at that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just having a slug on my uh, pint of gin. Um, <laughs> we know it's water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm making way more sense now than at the beginning. Um, so interestingly, if I just put it mm-hmm. on the screen, uh, Birgit, uh, Altsum, who has been on the um, the Tavern podcast with me, uh, she says, she, uh, after the decision was made not to use that plugin, she said, feel sorry to hear that the conversation on Slack left this impression on you. From my understanding of the structure of the .org network, there needs to be a tailored version of a checker plugin. Um, uh, can we work towards a solution together? And she's just popped up in the comments to say, uh, the problem with scanning is that it doesn't take into account pre-flight testing before publishing, right. which I guess is an interesting point, um, and especially difficult for contributors who are publishing on WordPress ecosystem sites. So it, essentially, it sounds like there's more pieces to this jigsaw than meet the eye. Um, but I know that accessibility is quite rightly a very, um, it's, it's a, a hot topic, for want of a better word at the moment. You know, it's talked about a lot. And this obviously is something that could become an issue uh, over the next days and weeks. So go into Twitter and uh, see if you can track down a a perfect answer for it. There is in Amber's post uh, a link to a track ticket. So maybe that's another place where you can go and explore. Um, Paul, anything to say on that before we move on? It's really hard, isn't it? And uh, it's, it's a fine line. You've got somebody that, that's developed something amazing that could be used, but then it, it just potentially opens up, well, let's say a conflict of interest, but the, the, that, that plugin doing slightly different things. I, I don't know. I think it's probably quite hard to, for, for and Matt's walking a bit of a fine line there, I think, mm. uh, in trying to go, well, I, c- I can understand where he's coming from. I, d- I you know, I think, the, what they're trying to do is offer up a solution to get the problem fixed, which is the most important thing. But sometimes maybe you just take a step back and work out a different solution. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's an interesting angle, isn't it? So the fact that it's a, it's a proprietary plugin proprietary, yeah. and it's got a commercial arm to it. I'm, I'm guessing Amber, forgive me if I've said that incorrectly, you, maybe it's entirely philanthropic, but um, maybe, maybe that's the, the, the problem. Yeah. Is that the fear that using a commercial solution 
on all of these sites would favor one thing over another. Anyway, you can, you can get your feet into that argument, uh, over on Twitter. I'll link to it in the show notes tomorrow, or at least I'll try to, um, I, I do have problems linking to Twitter off my website for some reason. I don't quite know why. Uh, but anyway, it's there. You can go and search for Amber. So Amber Hines, uh, Twitter handle is at Hey Amber Hines, H E Y and then Amber Hines, H I N D S. So you can, you can probably track it down in that way. Um, I'm just going to highlight this one very quickly because we haven't got time to dwell on it, but it's, this is a really interesting piece. It's, it's all about the, the growing dissatisfaction. I don't really know if that's the right word. Maybe it's a storm in a teacup. But uh, Search Engine Journal have picked up on the annual WordPress survey, and I've highlighted a few different bits and pieces which indicate that not all is on an accelerated path uh, for the WordPress community. It does seem that there are, there are some underlying uh, problems which may be storms in the future, but you can go and read that yourself. There's sadly not enough time because there's not enough time because I want to I wanna allow two of our guests today to do a bit of showing off. Um, Totally coincidental. Paul and Mark are here, and I promise you, well, I assume that it's true, there, there was no concoction there. They're just here on the day when something significant is happening in their lives, and in, the, in both cases, it's a plug-in, release or update. So let's start with Main WP, Mark. We don't normally do an advertising spot, and hopefully this isn't that, but Main WP is about to drop the 5.0 release. I guess that's a big thing. And we've got a couple of new things that are coming. Let's start out here. Just briefly, Mark, what, what is this new feature in main WPs called API backups? Well, so this is something that's going to actually be built into the core of main WP. Uh, and main WP is, uh, it, it doesn't cost anything to get going. So it's, it's very cool. Um, I will try to avoid the sales pitch here as excited as I am about 5.0 coming out. Uh, so I apologize if I do sound a little bit markety salesy. I, I really don't want to, uh, but I, it, it's been amazing watching the team put this thing together and, and, uh, this is huge. So the backups allow for you to use your hosting services, um, backup capabilities through an API key. So you can manage all of your backups through main WP. And right now, as you can see here on the page, you can see what uh, is what we're compatible with. We just added cPanel and Plesk, uh, and uh, we'll be adding more in the future, and, and we're working on that. Uh, but through the main WP dashboard, you can do all of your backup management right there, which uh, makes just one more thing that you don't have to do on an individual basis. You can just do it from there. You can do your restores. You can do uh, whatever you want. And uh, we do have a a video, a walkthrough video that's going to be released shortly on how to do all that. Um, and uh, it's it's just super cool. So, so the um, way that backups are handled with main WP at the moment is through third-party plugins like, oh, I don't know, um, uh, nothing's coming to mind. I don't know why I've gone blank. Um, uh, but you know, the, the famous WordPress plugins, uh, you'd have to manage it in that way, but now you can, let's say for example, you're on Cloudways, uh, it, which is one of the choices you can hook into your API key coming out of your Cloudways dashboard, plug it into your main WP, uh, website, and then you can manage the backups that are created 
over there. So it's you're not Correct. doing it from your plug. It's not a plugin that's handling it. It's their infrastructure, and but you can Correct. see how many you've you got. See everything and manage and everything. Things. Correct. Yeah, and so. Uh, one of the screens uh, is a, an overview of all your child sites, and you can see, you know, where they're being hosted, what the backups are, what type of backups are being done, and and you can manage it all from just that one site screen, which is, um, it, it's just super useful and yeah, and uh, and time time saving. I mean, the whole idea, of course, with everything that we do, is to try to make it a, a time saver for you uh so that you're working as efficiently for your customer for your clients as possible and, and maximizing and leveraging your time because we all know that that's the one resource that you don't get more of so i never segue i'm going to segue from time <laughs> okay. saving to time tracking time. do you see what oh I did my there? goodness you oh, couldn't have done that oh, better thank yeah. you thank yeah. you wow so this is the other feature so uh two big high you know high level features and mm -hmm. we all know what this is uh time tracking but what why why has this gone into the you know into a main wp dashboard is this so that you can track time against client projects and bind it to a particular site and so Correct. I don't know, i've done Correct. five hours work on that site this week the, that client needs yeah. billing at this rate is that the kind of correct deal? it's yeah and, and you can create buckets of time so that you can set up uh, say that you've got 20 hours budgeted for like this particular project or something. Um, you can set up the bucket so that you can keep track of all that. Uh, you start and stop a timer just like you would with a, a third party thing. And, and this is all built right into, well, now this is actually a, an, a pro extension here, but, um, it's something that you can do all within, uh, your main WP dashboard. And uh, once again, keeping track of all your child sites and, and the projects and, and knowing exactly how much time you're spending on each thing and, and what rate you're billing at. And you can set projects up uh, with various billing rates and, and, uh, and get that all going. It, it's really pretty cool. It's a pretty cool function. Um, I, I like it. What a neat, yeah, neat yeah, little thing to yeah, add in. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And it's given me today's title. You can create buckets of time. There you go. I've, yeah, I've always wanted yeah. to create buckets, of buckets time. of time. Yeah, sounds like yeah. some sort of physics thing, doesn't yeah. it? You know. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know you could carry it with you. <laughs> you just like yeah. carry it around yeah. and sort of tip it out wherever you want. Just uh, make sure there's not a hole in your bucket. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, cool. I mean, it would be uh, more convenient if it was backpacks of time. Yeah, <laughs> create backpacks well, of time. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay. Well, that honestly, two lovely new features. I'm glad. I'm glad that you were on on you know literally the day. This will be rolling out into your main WP. Uh, and I am going to throw out a little sales pitch here, which is that vi version 5.0 is slated to come out tomorrow. We are all rushing around the clock, doing all the last minute testing and all the stuff that goes up. Just that a countdown, just like a launch of a rocket, you know, yeah. just uh, making sure everything goes. But tomorrow is actually the launch date for version five. So you heard it here first. Two we are so excited about yeah, this. I can't nice. even begin to tell you. Nice, nice I'm trying to, I'm trying to contain my excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah a, that's I right. I don't yeah, want to. Yeah. Yeah. Put your excitement in the bucket of time. That's yeah. <laughs> I'll put it in my bucket of excitement. <laughs> put it in your bucket of time. That'll contain it nicely. And then pop yeah. the lid on. Um, okay, right. That's brilliant. Uh, thank you so much for giving us that. Uh, if you haven't, go to mainwp.com uh, or Google it. Um, and let's move on to this one. So again, pure coincidence, I promise you. Uh, I don't know if it happened this week or last week, or maybe it's coming this week or something. I don't know. But uh, personalize WP with a Z. Yeah. Um, Personalizedwp.com uh, is a project from Paul's team, Filter. 
Go on then, Paul. Give us the uh, give us the elevator pitch. What is personalized WP? It just allows you to personalize the content on your website. That's all. It allows you to show and hide content using the block editor. You can work out what people are looking for and, and what they've done on your site, and then you can show them content based on on that. And we kind of soft launched it in January, and then this week, last week, we uh, delivered our latest update, which brought lead scoring in as one of our key features. Um, so it is available as a free plugin uh, on the org repository, where you'll get all your personalization rules. You can, you can. We've got a bunch of preset rules for you, like by device, by country, by time of day, by date, things like that. And then, obviously, as you know, we're all in this business. There, there's a pro version or a standard version, which adds some features, such as. Uh, creating visitor profiles of the people that are visiting your site uh, and sort of seeing their activity of what they've been doing um, and then being able to segment them into different audiences and give them a lead score depending on the kind of things they might do, whether that's like purchasing a product or completing a form or, you know, just visiting a certain page and then using all of those things, personalization rules, segments, lead scores, you can choose to show or hide content for them or on pages of your website. So it's is it an entirely block-based enterprise, or does it work with, I don't know, like elements within Elementor or what have you? It's entirely block editor-based right now, okay. but we'll be yep. integrating with Elementor, uh, certainly, uh, shortly. It's on the okay. roadmap. Um, now, I do use MainWP. I'll just say that off the bat, but I, I can't really show you my MainWP dashboard because it's full of websites that I manage, and that's <laughs> kind of slightly private data. So... Apologies for that, Mark. Otherwise, you know, maybe I could have shown some of the, although it's not out yet. Uh, but I was very kindly uh, given a <clears throat> a license for um, Optimize WP, and I stuck it on a local website. And I'll just quickly just quickly give you the, the skinny. If you go to the dashboard here, you can see the different bits and pieces. You know, you've got the option to configure uh, personalization, visitor profile segments, lead scoring, and, you know, general settings. I've got the pro version, so I'm not entirely sure what the difference is. But really, where it where it all where the magic seems to happen is if this is a vanilla site, so I've got my sample page here. If you go in and edit a page, just get rid of that bit there, and then you click on something that's already in there, or obviously something of your own creation, you can see that the personalized options now appear in the right hand side. And I don't know if it's going to show me the drop down. No, sadly, it's not. Mm. Um, but it's a, it's an, if then kind of system, you know, if, and so for example, it says the, the default options are spends a minute on the page, uh, is on a desktop. I'm just going to give you a, s a summary of them is a new visitor is a returning visitor is coming to the site at this particular time of day is based in this country is logged in. Uh, then you go and say, okay, now hide it and show it. So, you know, I might have a a block here, which is some sort of advert for Christmas or something, you know, and it's going to show the US version in dollars just before Christmas and the UK version if I'm coming from the UK. So it's dead simple to use. Uh, I'm imagining that I haven't covered even a billionth of the functionality <laughs> there, but there we go. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, uh, the, the idea, we, we believe in simplicity, so we try and make everything as simple as possible. And there's a bunch of people that we know that are using it in ways that we didn't expect <laughs> so, uh, before Christmas when we had the free version 
in the organ repository, somebody was asking about how to do an advent calendar using it, which was, it was just mind blowing. I was like, oh, okay, oh, you're you going to do that with it. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, based well on imagine. a date, you're going to show and hide. Show and hide the, the yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It, it, not time for the seventh yet. So don't show it. And then you can, um, you can add to your scores. So e each person that comes along, uh, can be given a score and obviously for things like e-commerce, that's, that's really helpful. You know, yeah, you know so I this think, person is red hot then. Mm. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, a, there's a lot of things that you want to do when you're trying to drive conversion or you try and drive revenue, particularly in stores or agencies will be doing this with their clients. So, you know, if somebody purchases a, if somebody goes to a product page, you're probably going to give them a lead score of one, but actually if they buy a product, so you're going to add a score of 10 to it. And then you go, well, actually I've got people that have got high lead scores, I'm going to show them a discount offer because I know that they really like our brand and things like that. So there's plenty of use cases. Uh, we're going to try and document it. It's really early days for us. We're, we're on a, on our journey, uh, but we'll be adding to our knowledge base as quickly as we can. Andrew Palmer says it looks perfect for restaurants with breakfast, lunch, or dinner options. Oh, absolutely yeah, perfect. right. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's midday. Show them the dinner options, not the breakfast. I'll, I'll steal that and put it on our knowledge base. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andrew has a restaurant, so he uh, okay. he knows. Um, and then he, uh, Lawrence also says lots of potential for WooCommerce. Yeah, um, you can of course make your own rules. I was just selecting from some predefined rules, but options. You, you go and explore. Go and look yeah. at the website. Does it have the option to uh, to set up the logic for if the browser can handle AVIF or not? Uh, no, but maybe it's going to go on the backlog after today, right? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. So if it's the browser which you get with your Nokia phone, do this. <laughs> if it's every other browser, I know there was something called the GG browser or something, wasn't there as well? If it's every other browser. Anyway, there you go. Uh, Optimizewp.com. Go check no, it out. No, personalized WP. Oh, what they did I say? WP. What did I say? It's your hearing. You've got already dodgy. You said optimized. WP. Oh, I'm, I do apologize. I'm going to have um, to go and buy optimized WP. Yeah, personalize. <laughs> With a Z or a Z, yeah. uh, WP. Why don't I just show it? Look, there you go. That's how it. That's what it looks like. Uh, if you see that, you're in the right place. Uh, it looks like that on the yeah. homepage. Brilliant. Always nice to Thanks, feature that's a new it. product. You're welcome. Um, right. Let's see if there's any time for anything else. Probably not time for that. I do want to get to Michelle's piece because she dropped something in as well. So let's let's spread the spread the love. Where is your piece? Here it is. This is this is apropos of nothing to do with WordPress, but how <laughs> nice, how nice is this? Uh, what are we looking at, Michelle? You tweet, uh, you tweeted. I tweeted a bird. If you click the play button, on click that, the play. You see. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, so I have I have a bird feeder that sits in my house that the birds can access from the outside, and of course, because I am a techie, I had to put a camera on it, and so I was able to actually video this cardinal. I've had other birds as well. Um, but the, the birds just recently found in the heavy snow, they found my bird feeder. And now so, sometimes when I'm sitting here working, I can actually look to the right and see birds eating in my bird feeder. So this is literally bolted into your house. So that bird was, for a brief moment, was inside the boundary of your actual house. That's correct. That's so cool. Can I just say that, that we don't have birds like this in the UK. All of our birds are really uninteresting in comparison. That's, that is brighter than any UK-based bird. That is red. That is we a, have red birds. That's so that cool. is a male cardinal bird, yeah. yeah. Well, like you're looking very happy, I've got to say. Well, oh, always go. red. It looks like an angry bird. Am I? Oh. They do. They do look like an angry bird. Yeah, they do. I think that 
that the Cardinals are and the Blue Jays are probably part of the Angry Bird repertoire. Right. <laughs> Can I just say though, was he not? Was that bird? I say he was that bird not terrified of you? Like, does it not? I was not you actually. And go, I'm out of here. <laughs> Sometimes they do if I'm moving too quickly, but I actually wasn't in the room when this one was here. I was in my living room and I got a notification on my camera that he was there. So I opened up the app and videoed him. I think that's great. I want this in my Thank life. You. Yeah. Yeah. Before, that's lovely. before we let you go, can I let you open up the private chat so that you can see breaking news that I put in there for you? Oh, you can. Let me just oh. try and copy that. Ugh, honestly, it literally I'm so many just problems. got published. Okay, hold on. Copy that. Let me just open up a new tab. I'm trusting you. Here we go. Straight off the post status press. Our evolving yes. roles and go on, Michelle. Tell me what. If you scroll about. a bit, so you'll see my face. There you are. There you are. I am as of this morning the new executive director at post status. Whoa! What the heck? When did that happen? Today? This morning? Yes. Oh, <laughs> Michelle. Michelle, what so does that mean? Is, I, don't, I know it's a it, it's a swanky it, new job title, but what do you have to do that's different? That's so exciting. Not a whole lot that's different. I've been doing a lot of the work behind the scenes, and I've been working with Corey to do some uh, some handover. And so basically, you know, I'm I'm the decider. I don't know. There's it's oh, it's exciting. I get to work with my clinic. Um, I get to work with uh, Yost and Marika, and of course, continue working with Corey and um, Olivia Bissett as well. So. It's exciting. Good. Well, look, We're doing big, good work over right there, in I there, think. Straight away. That, uh, in a comment <laughs> that did come through onto the chat, she's saying well, Birgit and I are each other's biggest fans, so thank you, oh, And Lawrence, same thing. He says, whoa, congratulations. Yeah, I, I'm blindsided by that. So great. I just want to... I continue to work at Stellar WP. That is my day job. That is my bread and butter. I love the work I do with our plugins. This is the additional work I've been doing with PostStatus. And um, we'll continue to do. It's just I have a new title there, so I wanted to share that. And Nathan Rigley is the agency. Oh no, that says Nathan Ingram. Sorry, <laughs> that's not me. Uh, this is great. So we've had right, two yeah. updates to Main WP. We've had a new plugin which is not called Optimize. It's called Personalized WP. And Michelle's got a new job. What more? What more could we have that? That's brilliant. <laughs> that's such a nice. Thank you way for letting me share that. I know we're over time, but no, I'm it's okay. I'm happy with that. There was a bunch more that I was going to share uh, with the audience today, but I think we'll round it off there because we don't have time. So uh, it only remains for me to say, firstly, thank you, audience members. Uh, I'm sorry that the comments couldn't be shown. No idea what was going on there, but um, it's not my fault. I'm blaming... Gremlins. Yeah, them. Th that's it. Yeah, that's what was in my head. I'm blaming the gremlins. Uh, and I would just like to say thank you to my three panelists, my co-host, See if I can get it right. Michelle Frechette and our guests over there somewhere, Paul Halfpenny and Mark yeah. Benzacane. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. You got it. Candy cane, yeah, Benzacane. That's it. You'll never, never forget. Never using another way of remembering it. Um, now we have to do the slightly humiliating wave, of course. So everybody. Oh, look, straight off. It's so easy these days. Woo there we go. Thank you very much. We'll be. I don't know. We should be back next week. It is a day before. Uh, I traveled to WordCamp Asia, but I can't really see any reason not to do the show. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be back in a week. Thanks for all your comments. Thanks for joining us. Go and share it elsewhere, and we will see you next week. Take it easy. Thank, Thank you. you. Safe travels, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.